Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. Hey, Matt, thanks for coming back down to see us again. No problem, Tara. Yeah, so I wanted to have you on again because you are our absolute first podcast Mm. tape, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And that was what, 18 months ago, something like that? And a lot has happened in your Mm -hmm. life since then. So, you know, when you were on the first time, we talked about how you started your company and. Mm Uh, what it took to be a national brand these days. And you, I think you had just, you were in the final throes of your target trial. Does that sound about right? I, about right, yeah. My time is kind of getting distorted these yeah. days, but I think roughly. Roughly, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, or it could have been near the launch of when we got on shelf on permanently. Shelf yeah. Permanently, yeah. Mm-hmm. Around that Around time that. period. Okay, so. So here we are. We get to pick up yeah. the story. Yeah. So, so why don't you start when you got into Target nationally after they took you out of the trial? Yeah. So that launch was kind of marked by our, our one of our major packaging changes. So that was an exciting time for us. Uh, we uh, went to version two of the pouch, so we changed the graphics on there from mm-hmm. the original, which was a little bit more childlike and graffiti uh, in mm-hmm. nature, to simpler matte finish um, type of packaging. Adjusted a lot of the initial um, things that we could improve on in the pouch, sealing technology mm-hmm. and things like that, um, and uh, then rolled out. So it's been it's been a lot better of a customer experience with with everyone uh, and kind of spearheaded by Target. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I'm not mistaken, you were the only brand that at, during in that trial mm-hmm. that they took into full distribution, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So what what's it like to have to ship to how many stores? Well, I, I don't even know. I mean, there's like twenty some DCs, I think, um, to oh Target. My God. Yeah, um, and it's been it's definitely. Um, a lot of what's happening right now is just if you can understand these store-specific portals, right? right? So every single store has their own portal system. Um, everyone wants, you know, it shipped different ways, packaged mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, but uh, for us, it was just sitting down and really spending a lot of time figuring out how exactly they want it because if not, they're going to charge you for every little mistake. Mm-hmm. And that's something where... Um, you don't know. You don't know until you get a big until charge you back. Get a big yeah, charge exactly. Back, yeah. So it's really paying attention to um, the little things, and uh, a lot of times they might charge you for um, misshipments or mm-hmm. anything that's damaged that really is good, but there's a little nick on the case or something mm-hmm. of that nature. So just making sure that you pay attention to the details um, on the back end of mm-hmm. all that um, if you're going direct as opposed to distribution. So you're going to their DCs and not through mm-hmm. Kehi anymore. We started with Kehi. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, eventually we moved to a direct model um, mm-hmm. to be a little bit more uh, aggressive on our pricing and mm-hmm. relationship with Target. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And did you do a big promotional campaign to support Target when you went in well, the, nationally? When we went in nationally, yeah, we, we had uh, a few different things that we um, kind of set forth as our initiatives, but mostly grassroots stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, connected into a few key um, influencers um, mm-hmm. on Instagram that basically are almost like an in-house Instagram for Target, but they're their own deal um, that Target trolls 
um, and actually sees a lot of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did that. Um, we you know Facebook um, banners on our homepage of our, mm-hmm. um, and then just you know literally calling the folks that are around some of our key stores and asking them to support us, uh, coupons, influencers, um, and then you know the the typical mm-hmm. kind of TPR price reduction on shelf. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and so um, how long did it take to see the sell through happen? Took a couple months for yeah, sure. Would, yeah. yeah. Um, and in uh, we continue this. It's it's interesting. We'll see some waves, but it's typically been pretty steady. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we, and we're continuing to learn as Target also changes mm-hmm. um, as they introduce, you know, and they've like last year they were focusing on on their cartwheel application mm-hmm. which is their online couponing right. um, and that's kind of slowly shifting a little bit so it's uh, it's also pairing your initiatives uh, on top of kind of what they're also doing to see mm-hmm. how you can leverage them both mm-hmm. 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 Cool. So have they been a good partner or is it difficult to work you with them? You know, all or? in all, um, I, I would say Target has been for us, um, you know, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a great broker as well who mm-hmm. helps liaison a lot of that communication, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, a, a big reason why we've been able to navigate those waters um, is that we've got people on the ground up in Minneapolis who are helping us out on that. Um, you can absolutely do it direct, but a lot of times these buyers are just so busy that they don't they don't right. want to talk they to individual brands. Yeah. yeah, so they want to go to a broker who mm-hmm. has a few in the lineup or that they can just call and they can buzz over and be mm-hmm. in their office in 10, 15 minutes. Um, so a big part of our success, um, I would have to, um, or a significant part has been, you know, the partnership with our, our mm-hmm. target-specific brokers. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, okay, so you went in, so we're going back in time, you went into Target nationally, mm-hmm. and um, and then what else was happening? Well, and that whole time, too, we were also um, looking at raising capital, right? Um, and that... Uh, whole process, as you know, um, mm-hmm. is quite the quite the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, do you want me to kind of talk about how yeah. um, what the, the result of that was? So, you know, um, you always hear these stories of like. Uh, XYZ, you know, got denied 18 times until someone right, took until his book. Somebody, you know, it's like right, the author right. of like, uh, um, I forgot what um, book I, it was. I was actually seeing some of these stats. Um, but uh, anyways, so talked with basically everybody underneath the sun, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, you know, kind of angel investors to private equity to family office to, you know, you name it, um, other brands who've got mm-hmm. kind of smaller venture funds. And the story was pretty much I could have hit a tape recorder and, and then played it over again, mm-hmm. which was awesome, Matt. You, we love your brand. We love your packaging. We love your mission. But, you know, come back to us when you've got a little bit more sales. Right. Um, and so that was that was disappointing on some level, which in the end, I think it all turned out great, but um, forced me to look into some other solutions and to mm-hmm. some other things. So um, we did some kind of shorter term um kind of bank financing, mm-hmm. actually, and went back to more kind of traditional capital right. and uh, got ourselves a, a nice um, line of credit mm-hmm. that helped us um, continue to grow mm-hmm. um, and not have to, you know, take on take on equity. Um, and then uh, something that was, is it's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I should say very exciting, but you know, way, way, way back in the day, um, Adrian and I had this concept called the Ohm Lab. The and Ohm the, Lab. The Ohm Lab. And you oh know, this God. is this is one of our our, our brilliant ideas. One day, probably <laughs> hiking or something. Um, but um, 
obviously Homeboy's Food Movement right. was the you right. know the, the business name. So the Om Lab was this uh, this idea of like, can we mash up an incubator meets an accelerator meets a contract manufacturer meets like all these little things, right? And so it's it's something that like the seed uh, had was planted probably six years ago, mm-hmm. um, and a, a version of that is now birthed into an existence today, but. Um, so then, you know, circle back after all those conversations, um, decided to take the, um, you know, more traditional capital. Mm-hmm. But then it's, you know, as we all know, it still takes a lot more, you know, oomph to, to get mm-hmm. the brand out there and knew that we were going to have to do something a little bit bigger in order to position ourselves. We had the fortunate chance to be introduced to a gentleman who um, also knew some of our partners uh, in town, RP's Pasta, mm-hmm. and um, the conversation started, and I'll kind of save a lot of the backstory, but in essence, there were over uh, about a year and three or four months, there was three brands that were brought together mm-hmm. um, to to create what I like to call a, like a little mini super group. Um, um, it's Omeland. Uh, no, it's not Omeland. It's, it's, it's just Tribe Homeland. Nine Foods. Um, uh-huh. So we've Tribe got Tribe Nine Foods. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, a Yum Butter, our piece pasta, which has been. Um, a awesome Madison-based fresh mm-hmm. pasta company that was uh, started over 22 years ago by Peter Robertson, and then Ona, which mm-hmm. is a, a grain-free snack and a cookie line, um, previously housed in Loveland, Colorado, mm-hmm. founded by Chris Fuel. So we all had some sort of connection to each other, mm-hmm. and decided that hey, there's probably some wisdom in taking a look at how we can start leveraging our resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversation initially started out on a much smaller level mm-hmm. um, and ended us kind of going all in with each other, um, merging the three companies mm-hmm. together and building out a beautiful manufacturing facility that is actually um, houses all brands under one roof here in Madison. I have got to get over there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. Like, when it, if I ever get off airplanes long right? enough, I'm coming to yeah. see this factory, yeah. man. And it's, it's, it's interesting because um, it's one building broken up into three distinct bays. Mm-hmm. Um, bay one is the RP's Bay. Bay two is the Yum and Ona Bay. Bay three is kind of uh, to be determined and kind of poised for growth. All offices and all production happens at that one facility. And um, for Yum Butter specifically, it was by far the biggest breath of fresh air because we, we, we took control of our manufacturing again. Right. And um, that was something, Tara, that I remember even discussing with you yep. two and a half years ago, and you were saying, Matt, you, you got to own the manufacturing. And at that time, mm-hmm. I was like, Tara, like, I don't know how in the hell am I going to do, do this? Right, it's like, right. it's virtually impossible. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to make payroll here right, next month, right. let alone think about, you know, building a facility. So that has been by far, I think, in the last year and a half, two years since we connected last, Young mm-hmm. Butter's biggest win right. is we've took back control of our manufacturing you know, there was so many things that our business was negatively impacted from because we didn't have the control, whether it was timing of production, quantity mm-hmm. of production, um, quality of different things, the fact that we couldn't position and do interesting things, whether, it, you know, just a lot of things that you can mm-hmm. go back and just put in the systems in place, we weren't able to do because just the hassle was too much. The result for Yum Butter specifically has been um, in the kind of uh, creation of Tribe 9 Foods, Mm -hmm. um, we built out an amazing nut butter line with some of the most state-of-the-art kind of milling and packaging equipment out there. So that really has been where this last year has been great. Um, and for everyone kind of listening, um, in the in the kind of uh, the merger, there was also some growth capital that Mm -hmm. was um, uh, brought to the table um, that allowed us to to 
do the building, do the build out, and have some, you know, um, some extra for the kind of sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. So that's the creation of Tribe Nine Foods. We also, in that process, um, have launched a, a contract manufacturing arm of the company, mm-hmm. um, where we are focusing right now specifically on the foods that we create. So the fresh pasta, the extruded bars and cookies, and then the butter in all mm-hmm. um, packaging and sizing. And again, one of the things that I have seen is that. Um, even though we're on the branded side of the equation, uh, the private label is exposing itself and showing that, I mean, in five years, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 80% private label on the shelf, right? So if you can't beat them, you got to join them. Um, and, uh, so, you know, um, would love to, and we still plan on developing some amazing stuff uh, on the Yum Butter line and the Onan and, Mm -hmm. uh, the Taste and and RP's line. Um, but also, um, there are a lot of folks who, you know, want to have their food made and, um, having had some interesting relationships with our contract manufacturers, um, really hoping to provide maybe a different experience for folks Mm -hmm. um, that are, you know, plugging into somebody who has experience also on the branded side Mm -hmm. um, where they know what's happening downstream and they know how to position it and work with it upstream. Um, You know, some manufacturers are just like, put in your PO, write me the check, I'll make your food. I don't care if you ever sell one item, right? Right. Um, Well, for us, it's, it's it's, again, it's like this blending of different philosophies and seeing the space from a different level. But um, So uh, I have a, I I know of one company here, and I'm sure there are more who do this, but this is an older, mature food company who... This was, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago decided mm-hmm. that, you know, there there was just so much mm-hmm. growth their own brand could do. Mm-hmm. Um, they were great manufacturers, mm-hmm. but they were also really good marketers. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, similar to you in a completely different category, right. said, we're going to help develop brands on behalf of people, mm-hmm. including retailers mm-hmm. who wanted private label mm-hmm. brands. So they... They develop private label, like a pri- a new brand of this mm-hmm. product for Walmart, for mm-hmm. example, because right. they it's not just manufacturing right. at that point. They're right. also providing yep. the brand development work, even mm-hmm. for private label. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about that? Yeah. I mean, we've been in conversations with one of the biggest retailers out mm-hmm. there, um, and it's mostly coming from their interest in our packaging Yeah, um, that they want to look to slowly transition most of their line to the packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some of the biggest online people plugging in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then also when folks do come in who... Um, have kind of half the equation, but they need a bump up on the brand right, side of things. Right. We're able to help them there. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe not fully developing like and launching a, a whole separate brand for a key mm-hmm. retailer, but taking some of their existing SKUs, transitioning it into our packaging. Um, but, you know, also they've been asking us to do full kind of formulation for them and stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's been interesting for me because, you know, um, to get it out there in different formats, I've mm-hmm. had to like let go of how it's supposed to look in some right, sense, right? right. Um, and you just kind of go with you want to you want to protect the brand, and I think there's avenues in which we can do that, but also you got to keep the doors open, right? And right, um, right. there's there's wisdom and and being able to help get for us. There's been a big packet or um, pouch education component, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, do we 
do we think about, you know, helping put the world in pouches so mm-hmm. there's a lot more education around it? Um, and, you know, there's there's so many different philosophies and ways you can cut it up and dissect it and, um, you know, everything from, like, do you put your best competitors in the pouch, right? right? right. Um, and just say, hey, let's let's go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you've got two SKU, if you've got four items on the shelf, two with a Yum Butter label mm-hmm. on it and two with someone else's label on it, still coming out of your facility, right? right. Um, and so, again, so many it different ways. It the, changes the way you think so much when you're a manufacturer, yeah, right? right. Yeah, right. You know, with Tara's Way, we um, um, sort of my solution to that conundrum, so we had to fill up this gigantic right. plant, right? right. And it, we didn't even have a brand at right. the time, right? right? And so I knew that was going to be slow. So was to try to keep the... Um, the bulk product going to mm-hmm. a category that we weren't going to be in at mm-hmm. all. So in our case, that was infant formula. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. was never going to make infant formula. Mm-hmm. So we would sell that there. Um, mm-hmm. Never did um, never did encourage anybody to be a knockoff of right. Tara's Way. Right. Now there are all kinds of, like mm-hmm. I just, my daughter sent me a picture from Sprouts mm-hmm. out in... <laughs> Right, uh, right, in yeah. in Flagstaff, that um, their their private label brand of Vanilla Way is like the same it, as Terra's, almost yeah. literally. Like yeah. it's a white can, right. and it's like different yeah. different typography, right? right? Yeah. And it's the yeah. Sprouts brand, whatever. Yeah, but it's the same picture of vanilla. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like, yeah. Huh. yeah. I wonder. And my daughter's like, huh? I wonder who they're copying, yeah. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that yeah, when you're a manufacturer in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, you, yeah. you're making money. Yeah. And it's just really interesting because, you know, I think the counter argument to that is folks potentially thinking about a longer term uh, exit plan, right? Mm-hmm. The valuation right. conversation about, mm-hmm. oh, the valuation between the branded brand. versus manufacturing. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, well, how about if you scale, you know, in the time being that you could get to where you need to be on the contract manufacturing mm-hmm. four times faster than the branded right. side and not have to pay slotting fees, free fills, brokers, chargebacks, and the whole slew of headaches that go along with that. So it's like, then it kind of reverts back to, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing this in the first place, right? right? So what under what's the mission underlying mm-hmm. that? And I think for us at Tribe 9, it's really... It's improving the lives of others through food. Mm-hmm. That can happen many different ways, right. right? And so, again, it's like you really it's, – it's flowing with the times. And I always say, like, if you're not evolving, you're dissolving. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your business. If you're stuck to one single model and you're staunch in it, then it might put you out of business, mm-hmm. right? So um, we're in this interesting phase where we still feel like – um, you know, Yum Butter has tremendous value on the branded side of things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, um, we have really cool ideas and black boxes for days and days and days that we can come out. But yet we also have this opportunity mm-hmm. in front of us and we have a, a beautiful facility that we could make people food for them as well. So we're exploring it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. And and so tell tell us about about RP Pasta too, yeah, because, and some of the other stuff you're doing. Absolutely. Um, so RP's Pasta was created in in um, Madison about 22 years ago mm-hmm. um, by Peter Robertson. So Peter, um, absolute, uh, his story is is really amazing as well, and I probably will uh, hack it away at it, but. Um, 
basically completely inspired after a trip to from Italy, mm-hmm. came back and said, I absolutely need to start making fresh pasta. Um, how he rigged up this initial piece of equipment out of, you know, bubblegum duct tape right, and like, right. you know, bailing wire. Yeah, yeah. Bailing wire. Mm-hmm. He's got a knack for that and mm-hmm. um, started making That's fresh pasta <laughs> and, um, and, you know, slowly started to build it. Um, and then it was uh, about nine years ago when one of his friends basically came to Peter and said, hey, I've, I've got this, you know, thing called celiac. I can't do your pasta. Peter's bumming me out. You know, can you can you do something for me? And Peter created this gluten-free recipe. And um, it's really when the launch of the gluten-free recipe came out that our piece really started to hit their stride. Um, and the beautiful part about the our piece pasta is its performance. So you it's think about... Unbelievable it's unbelievable stuff, yeah. yeah. And you think about, you know... Gluten-free stuff, it's it falls apart. It's going to disintegrate in water. It tastes, it tastes like cardboard. Yeah. Nine times, ten times out of ten, you you do a taste test with our piece pasta mm-hmm. against something that's a traditional, you know, full glutinous pasta, and you have absolutely no idea what it right. is. Um, and they've done some amazing innovations since then. So we've launched a whole new line of, of bean-based pastas. And Ooh. so we also have uh, grain-free options as well. So like a black bean, um, a red lentil, a mm. chickpea. And then at Expo West, we just launched uh, the first plantain flour. So it's a paleo pasta. Wow. Um, and uh, so really exploring and bringing um, pasta back in a way that kind of in mm-hmm. terms of the ingredients that are being used, but still eating like a traditional pasta if you want. Yeah, um, and I and trust Peter's ability to do that and make it great yeah oh it's i he's mean like he won't you will not set a thing yeah unless it's great yeah, yeah. no for sure yeah. um and the cool thing um so we've now last month um we launched a, a sub-brand. Mm-hmm. We'll call it it's a separate brand, actually. So it's all the gluten-free skews from um, the RP's uh, mm-hmm. SKU list and made it its own brand called Taste Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taste Republic is going to be our gluten-free brand uh, mm-hmm. within the portfolio. And then we've got RP's Pasta Still, which is going to be our traditional line. Um, and then the third uh, company is called Ona. And Ona is uh, a company that was started by Chris Fuel out of uh, Colorado, basically for his own um, dietary needs. So Chris had a lot of uh, digestive problems and started going on the GAPS diet. Basically, no refined sugars, um, no grains, and he was just making food for himself. Classic story. Mm-hmm. Went to the farmer's market, um, started doing that. Um, actually, he started in uh, simple syrups. He was doing honey sweetened simple syrups. Oh, my. And then it was chocolate, and, uh, and then he landed on the bars and cookies, and that's really uh, what's still in existence today. Um, so all nut-based um, kind of paleo bars uh, held together by organic honey and then uh, cookies with more of a honey uh, or mm-hmm. a nut flour. And then we just launched um, our version of a, like a sophisticated protein bar called the Functional Fuel Line, um, putting amazing like adaptogens, probiotics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really cool stuff into the bars. Mm-hmm. Um, all paleo, um, all grain-free. So the platform for Ona is it's it's a grain-free grain-free platform. Right. We've got the gluten-free with uh, with um, Taste Republic. You know, yum butter is going to be all kind of things, nuts and seeds, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, uh, our piece of pasta, which is going to be that traditional mm-hmm. kind of old world Italian pasta. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. What a portfolio. It's so yeah yeah, yeah it's so eclectic does, but yeah, yeah. no so uh, with RPs oh, Peter t- told me about this product that he had been developing for food service do you still do that we do the IQF line the IQF mm-hmm. line and and is that for all the pastas or 
Um, the IQF is right now gluten-free, gluten-free only. only. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're looking at um, bringing in a, a traditional line, mm-hmm. but right now, um, because of obviously like we don't want to do the cross-contamination yeah. thing, um, all IQF pasta is gluten-free. So I went out to dinner at Liliana's, yeah. which is a, I don't know what you would call it, Cajun-inspired food, yeah. right? And, yeah. And they had RP pasta on the menu. All of the pasta there was RP mm-hmm. pasta, and I thought, huh, I wonder about this. And they didn't even indicate that it was gluten-free, which I uh, find really interesting. Yeah. And and it's fine. I mean, that yep. the thing about that pasta that Peter yep. managed to do was make it, well, two things there. Um, first is make the gluten-free taste like mm-hmm. you, you can't even tell the difference, right? Right. Then the second thing, though, was this brilliant um, food service application mm-hmm. that's pre-cooked, mm-hmm. flash frozen, yep. and then individual serve, right, yep. for food yep. service. It's brilliant because mm-hmm. it's how kitchens want to cook pasta, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's funny because a lot of folks um, have the stigma if they're, like, against gluten-free or right. something. Right. So they're probably doing it and saying, hey— Nobody's gonna no, know the no difference. Yes, yeah, no one's gonna know the difference. And the people who ask will tell them it's gluten free. Um, but yeah, the IQF is amazing. We do a lot of um, you know pre-portioned individual stuff. So a kitchen wants it, they just boom throw it in the in the, the mm-hmm. saute pan. It's yeah. ready to go in under two minutes, and you mm-hmm. pour some sauce on it, add some protein, and you're good. Right, mm-hmm. right. So this is his old line, right? Before I I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if it's changed right. now that it's in Tribe Nine. Yeah. But, but it was it was also the the smallest IQF line I've ever seen. Like I, I keep, so it takes Peter to figure this out, right? That right. Yeah. Every IQF line I had ever seen before was like huge and uh-huh. t- uh, like a twenty million dollar capital investment. Yeah. And you needed so much volume, right? Yeah. So there was always this, oh, we could never do that thing. Right. And and damned if he didn't figure out a way to yeah. shrink this whole thing down. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I haven't, I maybe don't know the one you're referring to. The one um, that's in our facility is pretty big. Um, I don't know how big a real, you know, a mm-hmm. massive IQF mm-hmm. line is, but um, yeah, we leaned into that pretty good and we had a, an anchor food service and yeah. um, kind of private label client who helped right. us with that. Um, that's been amazing. And so that's what we built the IQF mm-hmm. business off of. Right, mm-hmm. right. Right. So there's a lot of technology in your plant. If you're doing mm-hmm. IQF, you're doing mm-hmm. um, gluten-free, you're doing yep. wheat-free somewhere yep. else, right? And you got the nut pouching. Yeah. And I you're mean, putting stuff in jars to it. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's um, I was actually taking someone on a tour today and they're like, well, this is kind of an eclectic mix of things you got here. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you pretty much can say that. Um, but yeah, so it, on the pasta side, so, you know, regular extruded, um, filled mm-hmm. as well. So we can do filled pastas. We got the IQF line. Um, and then on the um, the other side of the fence, as I like to say, um, with the, the nut butters, you know, so bulk industry, so 55-gallon drums, pails, jars, um, primarily plastic right now. We do allow some glass still in the facility and then flexible and mm-hmm. uh, to be able to range from a single serving all the way up to like a 14 ounce and then bigger into the club on the flexible side, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge. And then the bars, you know, extrusion, baking, um, you know, those capabilities. So it's, it's interesting. Um, a lot of folks, uh, you know, don't understand why they're together, but obviously the back end really makes sense to us. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, synergies in terms of on the front end, talking to buyers that just, it's what we got going and it seems to be working, so. Yeah, and I I think you're a great example, too, of how, um, you know, uh, 
consumer products have evolved, yeah. right? So so packaging is yeah. important and yep. individuals, you know, serving yeah. versus the big thing for yeah. food service and yep. all this stuff. So it, you kind of don't have a generic plant mm-hmm. anymore unless you're mm-hmm. just going to make huge volumes of one thing mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you kind of made a batch processing facility, if that makes sense. 100%. I, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, what else can we put on that um, piece of form fill seal equipment right, that we have? Right. And so we have a lot of interest, and in, it's something where we um, we have a lot more interest than we can actually handle right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so we're having to stay focused and true to like, okay, what are our core competencies? Mm-hmm. What do we know how to do and know how to do well? Right. Um, but what could we easily put on this line that mm-hmm. fits within our food safety, our ingredient specs, the, you know, the types of viscosity that's needed. So we're finding ourselves actually launching some pretty cool products because of, um, all of those forces combined. Right, um, right. And we're working on a project right now that I'm actually incredibly excited about. Um, it's a baby food that, um, this is not a, the, a Yum Butter brand, um, but uh, for another client that is introducing um, peanuts and tree nuts. But I think it's just cool because like, not a lot of facilities yeah, allow can peanuts, it, right? first of all, right. in that facility and yeah. then have the packaging equipment. Right. So and it's there's like, this oh. whole thing about how we part of, you know, to the thinking about allergies mm-hmm. is you've got to actually expose people to things mm-hmm. so they build up resistance yep, instead exactly. of saying we're not yep. going to give, ba- you know, nuts yep. to babies yep. because, yeah. yeah. And so the government has actually been really behind this. They weren't before, but now there's like a big wave. And so they're introducing them at uh, four months and okay. up, um, well. which is really cool, you know, um, because it's like mm-hmm. the epidemic. It's like you can't even say the word peanut in school now right. without getting tackled and, right. you know, beat up. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, like uh, it's pretty interesting. Discrimination exactly. against the peanut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, come on. It's so funny. Everyone always asks me, like, what's your favorite nut butter? And I'm like, I'm just classic peanut guy. It's You're like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. I still go back to the basics. So. Yeah. I love it. The still. So that is really cool. So merging these three companies, that's Mm -hmm. never an easy thing. Yeah, it's been it's been. Uh, I don't it, see any gray hair yet. Yeah, well, there's a few. There Maybe the receding hairline. I, mean, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, well, that's the version, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so no, it's been it's definitely been a huge challenge. Um, but you think about it. Um, in one year's time, you take three companies, you merge them together, you bring systems together, you bring people together, you take two facilities and you make them one, you take one that had a contract manufacturing you and bring it in and you create a line and you launch another brand. Um, yeah, so it's a, a little bit it's of just a little bit of controlled <laughs> chaos. Um, you know, and that being said, like, I'm really proud of us in terms of like, we're still a pretty small, I mean, a very small and kind of dynamic team. So we, we all wear probably too many hats still, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, that's the cool part of having three founders together mm-hmm. um, who, at, in the end, really are about the common goal, which is mm-hmm. what we came together to create. Um, so, you know, it's been, it, I mean, it's been very challenging, mm-hmm. um, but in a good way. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes you got to I don't even say we took a step back by any means because I think we've took like 20 steps forward, but you need to have controlled chaos for a mm-hmm. year to settle in and say, oh, wow, okay, we've got this amazing well, facility. Well, it couldn't stay the same, You couldn't right? stay the None same, of it right, could stay right. the same, and that, that, so, yeah, change is always difficult. Yeah, change is always difficult, and, um, you know, it comes with great learning opportunities because I know for 
me, a big part of it was yeah, if you get really clear on what you're good at and what you're not good at, mm-hmm. it's like stay the hell away of what you're not good at and bring mm-hmm. people in who are way better than you are. And I would say if like you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room, you right, know? Right. So what we've done with Tribe 9 is we've really brought together, and if we were to all sit around the table, it's like incredibly clear what our strengths are mm-hmm. around the table and where we absolutely need to stay out of our, you know, each other's <laughs> business. Right. Um, and that's what excited me is because, you know, I haven't grown, uh, you know, a food business before, right? Mm-hmm. I come from an entrepreneurial family, but I had no idea what mm-hmm. I was doing and, and obviously can learn at light speed, but there's certain things that like, I want to use my specialty mm-hmm. and really hammer that and create really tremendous value within the company on that and leave the things that, A, I don't like to mm-hmm. do, um, that I'm not good at, and that, like, would just take me a long time to learn. Right. And so all of us have those components where it's like, you know, we could go around the table, and Chris, he's got absolutely his expertise, and Peter, and myself, mm-hmm. and Steve, and Will, and the whole team. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we're all really, really diversified. And that, I think, is, I would say, probably besides the actual, I would almost say more than the offerings themselves, mm-hmm. that is what intrigued people the most about mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to leverage resources. Like mm-hmm. th- when you look at the model in terms of just how food is being produced, how it's being distributed, how it's being sold, all the layers, mm-hmm. it's massively inefficient. Right. It's completely broken in my right. mind. Um, and yet you we're, we're in, we're in the belly of the beast. We got to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So what can we do on our end to at least take care of the back end so we can create some efficiencies mm-hmm. there? Um, and, you know, I've even seen, like where we're going to meetings with big retailers and I'll bring all three brands and mm-hmm. inevitably it always comes up and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm pitching three brands. So it's like we're almost our own little broker team oh, sure. and our own little, you know. Sure. Um, and so you talk to one influencer and they want to blog about mm-hmm. two or three things and it's mm-hmm. you just – it. it those types of economies of scale are definitely starting to show. Um, but again, we're still early. We're, we're just a year old. Right. Um, you know, as Tribe 9 collectively, we've got 30-some years of experience. Um, but that, I think, looking well, down the road. Yeah, and there's a, like, White Wave has done this for a long time, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. A bigger brand. Oh, yeah, and for sure. It's, I think there's an understanding yeah. that there is an opportunity for a portfolio of brands. Yeah. I think what you guys are doing that is unusual is yeah. the, the processing side, bringing right. that in-house. Yep. And then, yep. But then also um, the st- earlier stage. Mm-hmm. And But I think mm-hmm. you, and I, you and I have talked about this, that given the proliferation of brands, yeah. it, we need a solution mm-hmm. to bring some economies mm-hmm. of scale because mm-hmm. all these little brands fighting for mm-hmm. shelf space and fighting for consumer mm-hmm. awareness against yeah. each other. Right it's going to be a massive mm-hmm. failure if mm-hmm. we don't get some economies mm-hmm. into these brands earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the folks that, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the folks that we're seeing have absolutely no interest in going to retail. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that's another huge trend we'll be seeing oh, is I that so you know too. most folks are like, I don't even want to touch retail for mm-hmm. ever, maybe, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start because there are brands that are, making a tremendous amount of money that have mm-hmm. never sold into a Whole Foods or a Target or a right. Sprouts or a Kroger or whatever that might be. And they've got a huge presence and they're 
doing wonderful online. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, I always give a few cool examples um, of brands that have gone incredibly niche mm-hmm. and then 100% online and got pulled into retail, mm-hmm. right, because of uh, the cult-like following that they've created into mm-hmm. some of these kind of smaller niche markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen brands not like this is a, uh, an example that I've used. It's, com- it's not in the food space, but I think about Reebok mm-hmm. and Reebok, if you think about it, like what happened to them in the 90s? Mm-hmm. And like they were kind of dead as a brand. Right. And then they penetrated the CrossFit community mm-hmm. heavily, heavily. And now they're back. They're back. They're, right? back. they're rebirthed. They're rebirthed, yeah. you know. Um, and I've seen, I've seen some food companies go real deep, singular focused, really own it Mm -hmm. and you don't need a lot you only need to have your tribe Mm -hmm. you know no pun intended there like just completely adopt something Mm -hmm. and that usually is enough to get you going Mm -hmm. um and so i think about if i were to do yum butter differently and it's like i would you know we we went too broad Mm -hmm. um too fast um again hindsight's always 2020 um but if i were to rewind the tape i would definitely you know i would just Hammer well, that. And you have a you have a product that so so there's still like when you look at the data about food there's still this um, I don't know reluctance I don't know there's a there's a barrier there with food and mm-hmm. people buying food online yeah. mostly because you don't just buy one thing yeah. when you buy food you're buying yeah. a bunch of things right but your like Yum Butter because it, it, it you mm-hmm. know the performance and outdoor mm-hmm. athletic Paleo, you know, you yeah. could identify some some categories right. where you could have some really strong following mm-hmm. from a tribe mm-hmm. um, right. who who would propel you. Right. You didn't have to; it didn't need to mm-hmm. be refrigerated in shipping yeah. or frozen yeah. in shipping. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, we we interview people, and there are brands that that I've interviewed. Um, no brainer is one of them, where she's got a huge mm-hmm. online oh, business, yeah. and that that's yeah. You know that that is a curative sort of thing, sure. right? And yep. so uh, medically driven yep. kind of cult following yep. online. So yeah, there are interesting opportunities mm-hmm. I think that come with the evolution of mm-hmm. of food is function. You know, mm-hmm. functionality with food targeted mm-hmm. to yep. specific users. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have young brands who come to you and they say, well, you know, we're kind of, this is a perfect paleo thing and, you know, I'm going to sell online. I mean, do you help them? Yeah. I mean, we, it's, there's always this fine line of like just giving them everything that you know for free. Right. Right. Um, Right. But because of my, you know, my heart and experience of, you know, other co-packers, like I absolutely will be like, hey, red flag at mile marker 22, watch out, you know, like this and that. Have you thought about this? Well, and and actually, if you, you, you don't make money as a co-packer if everybody fails Exactly, exactly. So it isn't in your interest to have them Not at all. Um, You know, I think for us, it's, I always love sitting down and you did this for me, Tara. So, um, I, and I tell the story all the time, so I'll, I'll tell it publicly, but like really sitting down, like, okay, guys, like, let's actually talk about what's really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you go into like a psychology session, like, right, okay, right. great, how you feeling? And now what's really happening, <laughs> no, you know, really <laughs> right? right? So it's like, let's talk about what's really happening with these folks. And I think a lot of people get into, uh, they, they fall into their food company, whether, you know, they've had a passion, mm-hmm. they've been making it and their friends told them to go it put great. it on the market, yep, you know, yep. this and that. Um and you, you get about 85% of those folks, then you get the 25% of the folks who've like, they've done it and they're just copying, pasting, and they know the formula for success. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I get somebody and I was like, okay, guys, like, what do you think is going to happen here? 
Mm-hmm. How much money do you think it's going to take? How much time? What's going to do to your family life? How much, you know, what's your time frame? Is this a passion project? Mm-hmm. Is this just something like, have you run a business before? Do you know the food space? Have you heard of a broker? You know, <laughs> right. it's like all of these questions. And if like, they're like, no, they're no, no. It's like, hey. Okay. more and more confused. Exactly. You know, <laughs> right. then you stop and say, well, no big deal. Like, I think either you got, you know, an amazing offering or not. But like, how, you know, how do you, how can we protect this? And what, like, here's some homework. Um, and, um, you know, and again, we don't know all the answers either. But at the same time, definitely want to curb them from making the same mistakes that we've done Mm -hmm. and hopefully ensure some of their success. So to answer your question, um, definitely, you know, I I do this if they're not plugging into us for Mm -hmm. a service um, and uh, just offer any sort of advice that that I'm able to do um, based on my own personal experience. But a lot of the folks that we're getting um, at Tribe 9 are either earlier stage or much bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, so like folks that are, you know, billion dollar companies, mm-hmm. you know, that want us to do a national launch for them. It's like, they've, they've got that oh, taken care. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some of the smaller part. people, you know, we've got some bar um, people right now and first time going at it. And so like, we'll absolutely so help. So what is really interesting, I'm sorry to yeah, interrupt no, no, go you, ahead. One of, I, what is really interesting to me about that is I think, you know, you could potentially be solving mm-hmm. a problem for big food companies, mm-hmm. right, who have the yep. gigunda lines, mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. pump out whatever it is, right. um, a million at a time, right? They can't, that equipment doesn't put stuff in a pouch. Right. They don't have a big enough market to mm-hmm. put something, in, you know, in a yeah. pouch. They never make an investment unless mm-hmm. it's going to be national distribution yeah, exactly. and hit 10 million in sales right. in right. the first year and all yeah. that. So they're kind of stuck without, mm-hmm. and and you having a manufacturing facility where they could put mm-hmm. their toe in the water, mm-hmm. like filling your plant up is putting mm-hmm. a toe in the water for, for sure. them, right? Yeah, I and mean, we have. Um, we have one of the largest nut suppliers that we'll be um, working with, and mm-hmm. um, that exact same story. Yeah. I mean, they could build our plant w- 10 times with inside their plant, right. you know, or yep. 100, um, and they don't need us for, you know, a poke in the eye. Um, but at the same time, like, hey, this could be a good solution for us to get our, you know. To start doing pouching because we yeah. otherwise we got to, like, figure out where, yeah. Yep. It just, yep. it's so disruptive. Yeah, and it's, we're their risk mitigation system, yeah. you know, um, which is fine. We know what we are. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, we'll, we'll own it. Um, we're not going to pretend we're something else. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and it all, it all works out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everyone, you know, everyone's kind of needed in different stages. And um, so we're, we're able to in our unique position as of right now, it might mm-hmm. change. Um, but, uh, to be able to identify and get some of the larger customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's primarily due to our food safety program as well. Mm. Um, so we wouldn't be having 60% of the conversations if we didn't have the rigorous food safety. And that's right. something, um, again, uh, that, the, the RPs folks brought, right. which was really, really great as they developed some of the the best, um, you know, kind of food safety third-party audited mm-hmm. or the GFSI kind of mm-hmm. um, system that we um, – scheme that we run. So that – And, you know, they work with – do they still work with QGistics? Um, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So QGistics is a company that was in the fab accelerator mm-hmm. went that do, did a cloud-based mm-hmm. software program mm-hmm. that for food safety monitoring. Yep. That yep. is astounding because yep. it forces you to have just the most mm-hmm. – incredibly well-documented food safety system yeah, and you press yeah. a button and it 
spits out yeah. all of it. No, it's amazing. Sure. Yep. And I think, you know, you can have the most amazing facility and, you know, equipment, but if you don't have this, the this, system. Yeah. To and today, up, yeah. and especially dealing with nuts and stuff, like you're not oh, even, God, yeah. you're going to be booted out of the building and laughed right. at if you don't, um, you know, have your, your stuff put together. So that's been a huge reason why we've been able to talk mm-hmm. to some of these customers that are like, great. Like that's like the first question that they ask, you right. know? Um, and if you can't get past stage one, they don't, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, but, uh, so did you get the same level of certification for all of your products yep. now? Everything. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, everything is, um, the, um, FSSC 22,000, mm-hmm. which is under the GFSI kind of system, basically equivalent to like, um, an SQF level three. Mm-hmm. So those are the two systems and that's adhered across all the brands. And then, you know, obviously we have the organic certification, mm-hmm. non-GMO, paleo, right. gluten-free, I mean, you name it and, mm-hmm. you know, um, we were able to get it. Um, but a huge part of why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. One of actually, um, another, um, person in the space in the nut butter is basically told uh, Adrian and I one day is like, Matt, it's not a matter of like, if you're going to have a recall, it's a matter of when. when? Yeah. yeah. And so like prepare at all costs, do mm-hmm. whatever you can. Um, and just be overly aggressive with everything from mm-hmm. a food safety protocol standpoint, your insurance, um, and do your best to mitigate the risk at all times. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like stuff happens, right? So that's been for us a huge, huge, huge thing. And it's a pain in the butt, you know, to oh, really... of course. Um, but uh, when you've got people's lives at stake, for sure, you mm-hmm. got to be buttoned up. Yeah. So that's, again, and... Um, really drawing on a lot of the, the RPs manufacturing mm-hmm. expertise brought into the yum butter side has been amazing. Sure. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. 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 And a lot of creativity about sourcing and stuff mm-hmm. that they brought to yep. the table, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it was, again, kind of going back to that thing around the table, you know, um, the, the yum, um, yum butter, I think traditionally had a, a expertise in like the marketing, the branding, mm-hmm. the innovation. So, we've been able to help bring that to our piece with mm-hmm. the, the launch of Taste Republic, right? Yep. And, uh, I mean, there was a lot of people who should have been eating or um, should be eating our piece pasta, yeah, but just yeah, didn't, didn't know, about, know it, right? about it, right? And the packaging didn't, um, in, in all respect, um, you know, didn't, uh, I think, uh, tout how good mm-hmm. it was inside. Right. And so uh, for us to be able to bring that, mm-hmm. they gave us a lot of their manufacturing. Right. Um, and, um, you know, so and again, systems and systems, and yeah, I mean, yeah. all the stuff we just, but it mm-hmm. takes it all, right, to right. make it go, exactly. right? You, you, yeah. ha- you can't have, you can't have one without the other. So mm-hmm. that's, again, kind of getting down to the layered part of, I think, why this mm-hmm. for us made sense, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, you know, it definitely has changed, though. It's in terms of if you're used to being, you know, for me, the <laughs> buck doesn't stop at me anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and But yet we are... We, we still operate very, in, not independently, but like Yum Butter's still my baby, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and, and I still kind of manage the brand and, and Peter still manages kind of the RPs, but yet there's a lot of other systems in, um, in mm-hmm. place. But um, that's been an adjustment for me um, mm-hmm. in a positive way because I also, I'm learning a ton right. and um, it's allowing me to, you know, stay focused, um, you know, a little bit more on the things that mm-hmm. I think I can provide value on. Um, and to, you know, hand off the things that Mm -hmm. I know I'm not necessarily the best at and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's a hard 
it's a hard transition, mm-hmm. right, to go from mm-hmm. having had this idea in your head mm-hmm. to creating a company, and mm-hmm. then it changes mm-hmm. when when things happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, people, and this is the Midwest too, right? So people around here, I, my joke is always that people around here, when they when they heard I sold the company, they were like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> which nobody would ever ask anywhere else in the country if right. you sold your company, yeah. right? So, yeah. so yeah, it's um, it's you keep growing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. And then you know, I always tell people like, in the food space, you want to diversify your risk, Absolutely. right? So we've got four bets on the table right now, and mm-hmm. previously I had one bet on the right. table, and so you know, you never know when something's going to go. And um, now if one leg gets knocked out, we're still cruising. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows? It's like, you know, uh, I think we're open to um, putting more resources into one brand than the other. We're open to to tabling a brand. Mm-hmm. We're open to, like, wherever it goes and just seeing where, um, where the market's pulling mm-hmm. us um, and not feeling like, we have to jam something up the flagpole if it's right. not working or not. Right. Um, and from a business standpoint, if it doesn't make financial sense, you know. Um, so, again, um, we're super excited. And we feel like uh, all the brands have tremendous value mm-hmm. and an opportunity, um, but always staying open to what the landscape looks like. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, it's always scary when you got, you know, everything riding on, you know, one brand. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you it, it goes down and you're, personally liable for way more money than yep. you ever want to be. Um, that's the, right? the motorcycle yeah. you are riding over the Grand yeah, Canyon. Ex- that's the hitting the other side and exactly. going down like the cartoon the evil character. Knievel, right, yeah. the evil Knievel right. didn't um, quite make it. Yeah, exactly. So for us, um, I think it just from a financial standpoint too, um, it makes takes a lot of money yeah. to, to uh, do these national yeah. brands these days. Like yeah. way more money than people mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just getting worse. I mean, Whole Foods just uh, is rolling out this big thing where they, you know, 3% of sales for their in-house kind of broker merchandising reset team. And there's a big... Oh, that's a 3% charge uh-huh. to the manufacturers? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh and they're saying, oh, take it out of your brokers, you know. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So your brokers a, are really going to put up right. that. Yeah, so there's, you know, again, and that's one example of many um, that I think is just it's getting more and mm-hmm. more and more expensive to do business and um, there's not going to be much left over because the margins, you know, of, right. are so thin uh, to begin with. Um, so you got you to gotta be able to figure out what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm a, like a sustainability guy, not mm-hmm. from just like an environmental sustainability, but like I'm into systems that work. Right, um, and repeat and, themselves and over and over they repeat themselves again. and yep. they actually can function without like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, another lifeline that's constantly coming in to bail it out. Mm-hmm. And to me, I look at the overall food system and I was like, okay, the way in which we're operating right now is not sustainable. No. It just doesn't make sense. So I find systems and structures so fascinating that like how can we – what is what, what do we need to shift here, mm-hmm. folks? You know, um, and I think there's a lot of exploration being done, a lot of models, you know, changing. You've got Amazon doing like their their store where you just walk out. You don't even have to check things right, out anymore. Right. You got drones delivering stuff to your house. Mm-hmm. You know, within hours of you ordering it, you've got the subscription model. So people are experimenting with mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think right now the massive the, the the bulk of still the industry is is being done that like you know. I just I don't know. The retailers are either not making money in the appropriate way, so they're mm-hmm. having to find 
you know, other channels because I always tell people they're not making money from their food probably. Right. So they have to find a way to charge everybody else and pushing that cost structure down onto the manufacturers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But um, so that's what I like. I was like, oh, like, you know, how can how can we continue to brainstorm that? Because that's the bigger. I think that mm-hmm. it is like yeah. the 100,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. And then I hear all kinds of um you know, here we are in Wisconsin, the organic dairy industry yeah. is in, in real turmoil mm-hmm. um, um, right now and um, to a degree that they've never experienced before. And yeah. it's just like, okay, so this is not working for farmers. The small brands can't get enough traction, so they can't yeah. get big enough. Yeah. The big food companies are losing money because they can't do the little stuff. The mm-hmm. retailers, it's like the whole thing the isn't whole working things. right yeah, now. And thing. that can only go yeah. on for so long. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be really interesting times mm-hmm. for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still go back to this cognitive neuroscience thing though, because when they study people's brains and look at, you know, they the the pleasure center lights right. up when we eat, right? And that that we all get, yeah. but it also lights up when we shop. Like we mm-hmm. we unconsciously want to go shopping mm-hmm. for vegetables and fruit right. in particular. Right. Yeah. Right. It's this is like got us out of the yeah. cave way back yeah. when. Yeah. So the idea that we're going to go to a system where we don't do any of that anymore, I yeah. don't, I don't know. It's a, it's going to be a while. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe in our lifetime, maybe not. But I think maybe so. Maybe yeah. not. Then <laughs> I, I think, know. well, maybe this is just me getting old, and I don't want to live that way. Like I right. really yeah. like it, but yeah. but I don't know. I think there's something. Mm-hmm. It, it will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. 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 Did we miss anything? I we covered quite we a covered bit there. A bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So leave it to Matt, you know, this is 18 months. <laughs> Look what happened in 18 yeah. months, man. This is incredible. Be careful when you let me loose out there, Tara. I get it. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> I know. Uh. I know it's amazing, but but I think you guys are are definitely, you know, innovating the business cool. model in a way that makes sense for the environment we're in, right? Getting yeah. economies of scale yeah. but still being able to yeah batch process and be flexible about products and brands yeah makes a lot of sense yeah i appreciate that and you know for us it's just like you know you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result i think einstein said that's the definition of insanity so um for us we're just doing what we can it may be it may work it may not um who knows but i think we're i'd rather go for it and check Mm -hmm. it out um and so far the signs are showing positive but um you know who knows what's going to happen next year and the following year and i think we're just Again, staying open, doing our thing, trying to stay as nimble as, as we can and ultimately just keep putting food on the shelf and producing good food. So Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming to see us. Of course. Thank you, Tara. Yeah. This is a really pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org. 